Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. And today we're looking at Season 1, Episode 4 of The Sopranos, titled Meadowlands. This aired January 31st, 1999, and was written by Jason Cahill and directed by John Patterson. Here's the synopsis for this episode. Jackie April's health worsens, forcing Tony to make a tough decision. Meanwhile, Anthony Jr. learns the true nature of his father's job in waste management. Also, Tony hires sleazy police lieutenant Vin McKazian to investigate Dr. Melfi's background. This is a really good episode. Yeah, solid. A lot of really significant advancements mm-hmm. for the so. season. A really good opening, too. Right? This oh, yeah. dream sequence. This starts opening, weird. It really does start weird. Yeah. Uh, what did you make of this opening? Oh, man, there's so much to talk about. It's a bunch of surreal images, one after another. Uh, <laughs> we get the clue right off the bat that something is off because they're doing weird stuff with the sound. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just to clarify, I'm sure the audience has seen the episode, but it opens with Tony in therapy, uh, but there's just something wrong right away, we can tell. Yeah, well, what what hit me first that's wrong is how seductive mm-hmm. uh, Melfi. Right, yeah, she's coming is. on to him. Yeah. 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 Which is unusual right off the start. A nice little reflection <clears> of <throat> Tony's subconscious. We get some insight into what he <clears throat> wants, maybe, what yeah. he's after. But we should talk about just how, like, how well-structured this whole sequence yeah, was. Sure. Because it really did feel like... A really bad dream that, yeah. that anybody could have. Like, yeah. the, just the style of it and how people weren't, you know, Polly mm-hmm. and Syl and Big Pussy are there. Mm-hmm. You know, these are aspects of his life, but they're not talking. Mm-hmm. They're just looking unusual and, and Hesh is there walking in the background. Did feel like a very uncomfortable dream. Yeah, I mean, Hesh doesn't even walk so much as glide. Yes. So yeah. there's an eeriness that's really, like, pervasive here. Yeah. This is not the last dream sequence that we're going to get in this series. And yeah. I know that amongst the fan base, the dream sequences are a little controversial. Hmm. But I think that they have a lot to offer. And I think that the writers and directors of this series, they, they did try to sort of give us as close as they could to what an actual dream is like because there's symbolism in the dream but it's not totally obvious you know what i mean there's it the images could mean something or they could be nothing and sort of random and i think that that is is true to how real dreams are was there really controversy i mean this is this has been debated about over the soprano uh fan pages of different blogs and (laughs) I think so. I mean, of course, it's over 10 years since the show has gone off the air. But from mm-hmm. what I remember being a fan and going online back mm-hmm. in like 05, 06, 07. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the dreams did annoy some people. Hmm. And they okay. were like, oh, another one of these dream sequences in The Sopranos. Well, I like this one. Yeah. No, I thought it was good, too. Yeah. And of course, the way that it ends, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Turning the chair around. <laughs> the classic revealing yeah. your, your mother to be in the right. position of the the seductive woman who was in the dream yeah. before. Yes. That's I mean, I might be reaching disturbing. here. Disturbing. Yeah. But it, I might be reaching. It kind of reminded me, though, of uh, 
the reveal of Norman Bates, yeah. quote unquote, mom and psycho. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Okay, yeah. great. I got that, so, I got that okay, same cool. feeling. All right, so I'm yes. not reaching. Yeah, yeah they were going exactly for Hitchcock. like Psycho. Yes. Yeah, okay, awesome. Yeah, no, it was great. And then also, um, so Jackie's in this sequence yeah. as well, um, talking about rain clouds and, yeah. and storms coming. Uh, and I wanted to make a, a point about Michael uh, Raspoli, who plays Jackie mm-hmm. April, um, because we we mentioned how good of a job. Yeah. Um, Thanks for but, dropping his name. Yes, he's doing. Um, uh, he's in a new HBO show, The Deuce. Oh. Okay, um, cool. So he's still. Yeah. He's still out there. Awesome. Uh, getting getting work done and, um, did a great job. You know, with his final, basically his final scene mm-hmm. of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, truly, his final final scene. I mean, comes later, but uh, yeah. 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 Good job. Right. Yeah. Just another key component of the dream. Just everything that Tony is worried about therapy, his, one of his best friends, uh, impending doom, etc. cetera. Yeah. Uh, it's represented here. It's all there. Yeah. Yeah. It's Absolutely. great. So, yeah. uh, I mean, let's take a quick kind of overview. I mean, I guess the thing that like really stood out to me about this episode yeah. was that it's our first AJ centric episode. Yeah. The little man's in this episode, yeah. uh, pretty heavy. Uh, yeah. He really wasn't in uh, two or three as much. Yeah. And we only got a, a hint of him from the pilot, but uh, yeah. So you enjoyed the AJ plot of this all. I did, yeah. I yeah. thought it was good, and I recognized something very key about the AJ, the AJ storyline yeah. in this. Yeah. Uh, which is which is something I'd never noticed before. I've seen this episode maybe three or four times in my life. Yeah. And I didn't realize that this episode represents really the very first time in AJ's life that he realizes what his dad actually does. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know that. I thought that like Meadow, he had sort of been aware for like, you know, prior to the beginning of this series. Mm-hmm. But when you look at this episode, that's not the case. It, he thinks that his dad literally is... Um, like a boss at a garbage man plant, you yeah. know, uh, waste management, as mm-hmm. Tony says. Uh, he doesn't know that his dad is involved in the mob. He doesn't know that his family is considered to be a mafia family. Right. We should reiterate. We yeah. we have claimed at the very offset of this, uh, uh, the start of this podcast, that we have watched this series maybe four or five times yeah. all the way through. <laughs> yeah. So, um interesting that right. this is now the the first time that you're i mean it was a big moment for me too mm-hmm. I, I i'm sure you know i like glossed over it the first mm-hmm. times i've i've watched this series mm-hmm. but this time since i'm paying you know more attention to it yeah it truly is like a fundamentally like for the character yes shifts his whole world view yes i mean you because everybody has Everybody has a father whom they, not everybody, but most people have a father whom they basically feel is the king of the world and they stand as an example for you. They have no flaws. They're they're perfect in every way. And usually you start figuring out, oh, well, you know what? Our parents, they actually have a lot of flaws, just like we have flaws. And so, okay, everybody has flaws. And... But Anthony Jr.'s, like, revelation of this is, oh, my dad not only has a flaw, but he's possibly a criminal. As a character, he it changes his whole life path significantly. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing that I didn't get before <laughs> that we're watching sort of AJ's uh, like origin story, like a yeah. significant, you know, key moment in his origin story. Cause uh, imagine if yeah. he never, if he never realized that mm-hmm. if, he, if it took a little bit longer, he mm-hmm. would still be on the path that he's on of just mm-hmm. being a kid who's not getting mm-hmm. good grades. Who's a little, you know, just out of just being a kid. Yeah. Now he's really grown up fast. Yeah. Super quick. Yeah. Um, And I mean, it, it comes all to a point at the very last shot. I mean, mm-hmm. we're already jumping to the last shot of this episode, but that very last shot of him looking at his dad from mm-hmm. across the cemetery. Right. And he just realizes. Right. Oh, yeah. I had never known. Yeah. This before. Yeah. What did you think of the storyline that is the vehicle for AJ's ultimate realization? Yeah. I mean, uh, I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, it was was a really um, good setup to it. Mm -hmm. It features kids in school having pagers, which Mm -hmm. I was never aware of that yeah that mm-hmm. kids would even have a pager <laughs> yeah but um yeah basically aj is having a fight with a kid he used to be friends with right. and they are trying to settle this mano y mano later mm-hmm. on in the episode exactly uh but things do get bigger than that because uh of aj's last name that right. makes all the difference ultimately, right? Yeah. You know, uh, so. And they slip in that yeah. good scene with yeah. Tony and uh, Mr. Piacosta. Right. Um, who is such, such a, a funny looking man. He kind of looks like the critic. Yeah. He kind of looks like a <laughs> John Lovitz. Sherman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I noticed that too. That was perfect casting. He's a portly round fellow who yeah. like, also he kind of like just wiggles right off of the yeah. scene. Like as yeah. he's like running away from Tony. But that's a really good scene because... Tony is clueless. Mm-hmm. He's clueless about, you know, mm-hmm. really what's going on mm-hmm. in his kid's life. He and he doesn't realize how just terrified Pia Costa is. Mm-hmm. And Pia Costa knows what's going on mm-hmm. and it hasn't been settled. And that's why AJ wins the fight in the end. I mean, there is no fight, but the kid has to pay because his dad basically was like, "You give him the $40." You don't understand who you're dealing with. This is Tony Soprano's son. Give him the money. And that's all you have to say. That's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's funny because with Jeremy and AJ, Mm -hmm. they have a number of small altercations in the episode that lead up to, you know, the big final fight that they're going to have out, you know, on the baseball diamond surrounded by like a hundred of their classmates. It's, you know, this big dramatic thing. Uh, up until that point, every time that they have tussled, I feel like Jeremy kind of got the better of AJ. Oh yeah, well he's he's yeah. taller. And yeah, he's got yeah he's taller. He's, he's bigger. Quicker. Rips AJ's shirt. Yeah, bloodies his nose on a second occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the funny thing is, you know, Jeremy is not like totally unreasonable. AJ is the instigator. Yeah, pretty much every time. Every time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. with the pager beeping and mm-hmm. everything else. AJ is the instigator with his pranks and his demanding that like, Oh, for my rip shirt, you owe me 40 bucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it all culminates in, as I said, the baseball diamond scene. 
Right. Where they actually are going to face off in a real official way. Right. You know, three o'clock, we're going to fight. All the kids are there. Yeah, to all watch. the kids yeah. are there. Like, way too many kids are there. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's funny. Way too many kids are also disappointed yeah. <laughs> that there is no fight. Yeah. Like, they were out to see blood. Yeah. It was like a UFC match. Right. And they right. were really disappointed that yeah. it just ended uh, before it started. Yeah. And then after that, uh, I mean, AJ's clueless, really, mm-hmm. about it. And fucking Meadow. Right. And yeah. just doesn't even think about how quickly she's destroying his <laughs> child mind. Yeah, his innocence. By showing him a mafia website. Right. Which has really nothing to do with his dad. I mean, it's right. just like, oh, the the mafia, like historical, right. like John Gotti. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. like, here's an image of some dude who got shot on a street corner. Was it mob related? And gives it to AJ and be like, this is dad. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is dad. No, dad doesn't do waste management. Yeah. I mean, he does waste management, but you're clueless. And I, I don't know. Yeah, I really felt... The second time I watched it through, I was just really upset for AJ. I felt uh, really strongly about how yeah. traumatic that could be. And he kind of just, he just quietly takes it. He just kind of, I mean, the whole episode, he's like talking trash, all that. And then this shuts him up completely. Right. And now he's just within, he's in his own world as it's crumbling. It's a very, it, I mean, if you look at it mm-hmm. from, if you, as we are doing taking a really deep dive into mm-hmm. this plot it's tr- it's truly sad to watch this kid grow up so fast mm-hmm. right now yeah yeah uh, does a good job too it is good yeah especially good because you know he has to struggle in his way to process it not only because he's young mm-hmm. but because he's not that bright yeah. <laughs> you know that's the funny thing so yeah i mean i love how that's represented too you know like how do you process something so huge when you don't really have the intellectual yeah. capacity yeah meadow does and this is another thing that i'm seeing about meadow that i didn't really think about but meadow is she's very intelligent you know mm-hmm. that is established she performs at the highest level academically right uh in her extracurriculars you know this was a major part of uh, the previous episode, right? Episode three. Right. And she is very cynical. And that was the thing that I didn't really notice until I was wa- rewatching it this time. You know, just her response to everything that's going on and who her family is and, and her predicament mm-hmm. is to have a lot of cynicism. And yeah. AJ doesn't really have that. He can't have that, again, because he's young and he's not super bright. But that's cool. I mean, I feel like they're two very realistic characters and they're not mm-hmm. the same character and they're not like idealized versions of kids you know they're not like tv kids yeah they're just sort of realistic uh kids you know written and portrayed by some really solid actors yeah exactly i especially loved kind of the final well penultimate emotional beat with aj Mm -hmm. uh in which he's in his room and he looks at the photo of himself and tony after he's learned everything after he's learned that you know a kid that probably was going to kick his ass decided not to uh because aj's dad is tony and he's afraid of that and there's just a weird element too i have to imagine of realizing that all of these kids around you sort of know something that you don't yeah. about your father and your family like that's got to be really, yeah. really weird and so you have that great moment where aj's going to bed he gets in bed 
he's looking at that picture of uh, him and his dad on a fishing trip. Mm -hmm. And if you'll notice, you know, the lights are on. He's going to bed, so he turns off the light. We cut back to the photo. Now it's in darkness and shadow. And the symbolism of that is pretty direct and obvious, but I just thought that it was really nice. You know, it was just so simple. It really is. You know, seeing the photo completely illuminated, now the light is off. You know, we have the shadow of the blinds across it, Mm -hmm. and it's in darkness. And it's not like... AJ's gone through some sort of radical alteration in his feelings towards Tony. Right. But a transition uh, is a beginning. A transition. It's just more complicated now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I thought that that was represented perfectly. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, it, it's really funny to, to watch this again and mm-hmm. then to realize how beautifully done yeah. it was for it being just a a kid getting in a fight at school. I mean, you could, right. you could easily take it as that. Yeah. But there's really a lot of subtext there, and yeah, uh, yeah they they do an awesome job it's in a great this. Point. Um, both the the writing and and directing by John Patterson, um, yeah. really good in this. Yeah, and I think that Patterson would go on to direct a number of really key episodes of this show. Yeah, so thir- thirteen was... episodes. He's oh, done okay, of yeah, the Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. so um, very significant director to the Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess one um, one other major plot in the story. Mm-hmm is uh tony's deep suspicion of melfi and and the practice of therapy in general and yeah really starting to question why the hell he's actually going and doing this i mean yeah and, and as an audience member you're kind of like wait, wait what is his motivation really right. for going back to her he doesn't have to go back to her the only one at present moment would be she's hot yeah and that's all he's really taken advantage of yeah he wants i mean to be around an attractive woman yeah. if it if it was how um, Carmela believes it to be that it's a he. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tony would still be with him. It yeah. was just some dude. Yeah. So there's other things now that we come to learn that that Tony comes to learn about how he actually can take advantage of being in therapy. Yeah. But he needs to know more. There is so much thrown at us in this episode in terms of how Tony feels about Melfi and therapy in general. It's a real journey for him. And it's pretty cool because there's just so many like shadings to uh, his his relationship to therapy, you know. So let's just start off with the fact that his fear and paranoia is really coming to a head in this episode. Right, because we open with him entering... The, mm-hmm. the medical offices mm-hmm. um, and stumbling upon Syl. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, in, in the dream. Yeah, yeah. No, this isn't the dream. I mean, if you're talking about the dream, yeah. that's fine. But what I'm talking about is yeah. him, like his when we when he we see him actually going to right. Melfi's office. Yeah, Silvio is coming out of the dentist. That's a dream. No. Yeah, that's part of the dream. It's a different dream. Yeah. Yeah, he's dreaming. That's a dream? Yeah, let's watch that scene, actually. Seriously? Yeah, no, we should. Yeah, you'll see. All right. That's also a dream. All right, we just watched that scene, and I'm sticking to my guns that it uh, was not a dream sequence. And um, Hannibal, do you have something you'd like to share? I was certain it was a dream sequence, and now... (laughs) I'm questioning everything. But you bring up good points. Let's yeah. just talk about that that scene. Yeah. The frame rate. Mm-hmm. We noticed as we watched it, the frame rate seemed to be slower. Right. As if in a dream sequence. Yeah. 
as it would be in a dream sequence, kind of a yeah. slowed down version right. of it. A focusing on dental office right. as it goes by, and yeah. then a focusing on Dr. Melfi right. uh, and her uh, door. So, yes, I agree with those. Plus, you make a good point that where is this office building and how how does he go through this door to Dr. Melfi's and suddenly he's in this really polished wood panel with windows to an outside yeah, waiting room and, stuff. Yeah. and then into her larger office. Right. I agree. That doesn't make any sense to me and that's probably just poor... It's a continuity error, it seems like. Yeah, it seems like yeah. poor like scouting for location. Right. Um I I didn't pick up I didn't pick up on it at all being a dream sequence just because it cuts to him wearing the same clothes and complaining mm-hmm. about security and about being caught. And you're right, and that's a good point. And then I think now what I was looking at cuz what I was paying attention to was all of the I don't know, cinematic cues of Mm -hmm. we're in a dream sequence, something is different. And yeah, like I said, frame rate seems strange. Uh, The sound is odd as he's walking down this hallway. Real focus on Tony's breathing. Mm -hmm. Uh, He sees Syl. He ducks away like a little kid, kind of. You know, it's just that seemed un-Tony-like to me. And Syl does this odd gesture of like after... He's leaving the dental mm-hmm. office. She's like, just remember to get those back teeth or whatever. And, and yeah. he's like miming, like brushing the back of his teeth. Right. But we know, we, we mentioned it early on, that Silvio's kind of yeah. like the, the metro mobster. He's a little, yeah. well, well-polished guy. Yeah. And of course, he would probably be going to the dentist and mm-hmm. taking care of his teeth regularly. Probably more than Big Pussy. Sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think... Uh, I, I think I'm sticking to it's not right. I think maybe you're coming over to the fact that it's not, but just it's poor kind of It's just yeah, it's it's confusing, I will say, because of the fact that we've established that we're having dreams in this episode. Yeah. You know, we, we open on a on a big dream sequence, right? Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, just the style of it. Also, yeah, again, there's no way that that hallway opens up into that waiting room. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I see where you were coming Mm -hmm. from, but I just, I didn't pick up on those cues. I think that's just your specialty of picking up on those kind of things. Maybe. The cinematic quality of things. Uh, I guess I was just going, I was just reaching too deep. (laughs) Well, now, I mean, because an argument in favor of it being a literal thing that's happening Mm -hmm. is that this is Tony's anxiety. Right. So it's not that he's in a dream. It's that he's breathing hard and heavy and he's in a hyper alert state. Because right. he's, you know, looking for exactly what he's going to encounter. Someone who could out him as being a therapy patient. I got to say, of everything that we've seen up until this point, I wish that I could find someone who worked on this show yeah, from the beginning and ask them what is going on there. And, like, if it is supposed to literally be that Tony almost got caught by Syl, yeah. then what's the deal with that hallway in that waiting room? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> the continuity is strange. It, there. it absolutely is poor yeah. continuity. Uh, I mean, you know, I guess it happens. It happens, it happens even on the great it shows. It doesn't ruin the Sopranos. I mean, I don't want to quit this podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've seen enough. Yeah. We've seen enough from you <laughs> chase and the rest of you. <laughs> well, it, no, I mean, I, you know, yeah. it's funny because I did, I intentionally wrote down that Syl did that odd gesture with the brushing his teeth. And I intentionally wrote down dream. <laughs> so. 
so <laughs> we diverge there, Gavin. Yes, we do. We do. Um, yeah, well, we go into that scene with Melfi, and Tony is, is definitely freaking out about the whole thing. He's uh, he, he They have this uh, great back and forth where... You know, he's complaining about, you know... You don't fucking get it. Just my being here incriminates me. Somebody sees me, they tell somebody else, all of a sudden I'm a celebrity. I thought we made some progress on your narcissism. Who are you? I loved that. Yeah, just the timing of it was so funny. It's, it's so good. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Um, but that has some literal implications, right? That yes. question, who are you, is going to dictate uh, all the following scenes pretty much in this storyline. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get into that? Yeah, I mean, uh, so we meet a new character mm-hmm. in the in the run of the show, and that would be the detective, um, McKazian, yeah, who ben. is played by late John Hurd. Yeah, uh, we recently lost him, which is sad. He yeah. Did a number of great roles, including Home Alone. Home Alone. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and he does a really good job in this show mm-hmm. playing that really sleazy detective. Uh, he's just he's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do an amazing job making him look like a mess. Yeah, he's but, such a slob. But he, yeah, but he really just pulls it all together and, and, yeah. and puts on a good performance. Um, and so this is basically Tony's guy. This right. is This is a guy Tony has used before who's not... Um, necessarily in their same, uh, he's in a different precinct miles away mm-hmm. that he uses from time to time. Yeah. To well, he's into thought. Tony too. So Tony has leverage over him because of because, gambling. Yeah. Gambling. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, Vin needs to pay back his debts. Uh, you know, he's far behind in his payments. And part of it is that he needs to do stuff like this for Tony. Dirty work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And give him Intel and, you know, help Tony stay one step ahead of investigations, mm-hmm. uh, if possible. Yeah. So and, he, um, yeah. So he uses him to investigate Melfi. Right. And we get this interesting uh, uh, scene with him pulling over uh, Melfi and her uh, date. Yeah, date. Um, yeah. Which is it's, it's interesting about that. Randall. That, yeah, Randall. Before they're pulled over, they're having a conversation about how women just need a man who's sensitive but also mm-hmm. strong mm-hmm. and you know can the occasional grope in the closet and yeah you know basically a balanced human being right and she in that instant gets emasculated yeah wimp of a man right. who's destroyed yeah. just destroyed yeah so yeah. what what he's like playing along with like oh you just want a guy who can you know occasional grope in the closet right he is he if he was that guy he is no more that guy yeah because of Macasian and he was never that guy and no they, they... <laughs> no. no he wasn't <laughs> and I love how this character was drawn again really good casting you know I just buy that this guy's a wimp uh he's a tax lawyer yeah. He's just sort of, he's no Tony, which is not to say that Melfi wants Tony, but a major thematic point of Tony's character is that he is the ultimate alpha male. Yep. Right? And so some women are going to be very attracted to that. Some women will not be. But to deal with Tony is to deal with the fact that he is the alpha. He's going to take charge. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't have to worry if you're a lady walking down, you know, the street in the dark of night 
uh, you know, with this guy next to you, like he's going to be able to take care of things. Right. And that is a major uh, aspect of, of what makes Tony attractive to the mm-hmm. people who find him attractive. Yeah. I love Melfi in this scene though. Yeah. Um, when she gets out of the car. Yeah. Um, and he had, Mikazian has this line of, you got a prime rib at home. I'll be going out for hamburgers. Which is a, is a call to, I, I'm guessing he believes Tony and her have this sort of oh, relationship. And so yeah. he's just pointing out like, yeah. Hey, Tony is the prime rib. He's the alpha male. Why are you going out with for hamburgers? Right. It's a funny line. It's, yeah. It's really funny. And But she's so strong in this. And just yeah. like when she shouts back at him. I'm going to call my lawyer, you. Fuck you. God. That was great. Yeah, I felt really like that good. was definitely a throwback to her character, Karen and Goodfellas. Like that's something that Karen would have said. Or, oh, yeah. Or it's something that, you know, it's really, it sounds like something that, uh, Pesci would have said in that movie. Yeah. You fuck you. You know, like that's just perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. But she, she's great in that scene. Uh, yeah. The whole, we're talking about masculinity and, and violence and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and rage as she'll, as she'll get into later in the episode when she kind of talks about it. Uh, Vin is drunk also. I think that yes. that's important during this scene. And so that's why he sort of gets carried away and he sort of wants to throw his weight around and be like, I'm a man. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you really want to get analytical about it and that's kind of our job here, yeah. uh, you could say that when he's around Tony, Tony does put him down a lot mm-hmm. and basically treats Vin like dirt. And he's like, you're dirt to me. You're nothing. Mm-hmm. You're a loser. And so maybe Vin here, he's able to assert himself a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a really tragic scene because, you know, he beats the hell out of this guy for absolutely no reason. And it ends up giving yeah. him PTSD. Mm-hmm. He can't leave the house. Mm-hmm. Melfi's there looking gorgeous. And he's yeah. just like oblivious. Well, to yeah. That. Quick note. Uh, let's talk about costumes in this episode because you mentioned that the thing that like was really sort of decisive in terms of you concluding that Tony walking down the hallway was not a dream was that he's wearing the same shirt right uh, from one scene to the next and that yes. is a really good point yeah I didn't notice that clearly but mm. I did notice a lot of the other costume choices in this episode cleavage uh, well yes <laughs> amongst others <laughs> okay. we'll get to that okay uh, some of them involve Tony and he's not you know uh, no displaying any cleavage but <laughs> yeah so we see Melfi super what is for her sexed up in yeah. her apparel you know she's she even sort of pushes the cleavage up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when she's waiting for the guy to open the door, yeah. she's trying to, you know, get him riled up, trying to get this guy to, uh, to, you know, have some knows, balls basically. Yeah, Cause she knows what he's yeah. gone through and now what yeah. he's dealing with. Yeah. Fortunately he has been a bit castrated. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that, was that, so it was cleavage. That's the costume that you were talking about or were you going to, yeah, I really have nothing Tony? else to say. I mean, I, that's say? my final statement on this episode. Actually, <laughs> you were going to mention something about Tony's costume or no, absolutely. Okay. But it comes a lot later. later okay. We'll get in the to episode. it. We'll yeah. get to it later. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll try to thread in the costume sure. if you will. Yeah. Uh, throughout this episode today. Uh, so yeah. And, uh, and then we get to the scene with Melfi and Tony where mm-hmm. they are um, in another session. Right. Uh, this time, I don't want to jump around. So the next actual one is where he's he's revealing the, the stresses he's having from Uncle Junior and his mother again. Melfi is well aware of this. And even Tony mentions like, 
they're acting like children. Yeah. And Melfi gives him the the greatest help he can get for this situation is... Would it hurt you to let your mother think that she's still in charge? You have children. You know what they're like. You know that sometimes it's important to let them have the illusion of being in control. Tony uses this. Yeah. To full effect. Oh, yeah, he does. And it's great. And actually, my costume note does come in with this scene involving Tony and Melfi because one thing that stood out to me was that Tony here is in a very grim dark state it basically looks like war is on the horizon yeah he's gonna have to go to war with his uncle uh you'll notice he's hunched over mm-hmm. he's wearing what i believe is all black yeah very dark you know he's like he has literally that, in a dark place and he has that yeah. line where he says my uncle got me in a box where i gotta do something i don't want to do right 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 he doesn't want to do this thing and he's concerned about his mom too you know we had a scene earlier with uh with livia and tony at the rest home, which, you know, was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Grove, retirement community. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as always, Livia is a source of great uh, problem. But he almost yeah. gets her. Yeah. He almost gets her with the macaroons. Yeah. And Nancy does a really good right. job of like this, like, so excited. Macaroons, mm-hmm. my favorite. And then she's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. I forgot. I'm supposed to be miserable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Back to miserable. Yeah. I mean, that scene, not to like dwell on that scene because we don't really need to, but... No. Uh, what I took away from that scene uh, at Green Grove was that Livia has advanced a little bit in terms of she's not going to fight. She's mm-hmm. not going to... Uh, she's still guilt-tripping Tony hardcore, uh, but she's not giving him the silent treatment like she was when right. she was first admitted. Uh, she's sort of resigned to the fact that, okay, this is where I am, but also there's a note of, well, I can, I can sort of still operate. You know, yeah, I'll operate from within my confines. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. But back to the right. the scene with Melfi. Yes, he's he he is looking like the general. Yeah. Who's yeah. who's preparing for D Day? Grim death. And, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, what is she wearing again? Well, maybe I just like to maybe maybe we're learning that I just like to look at Melfi and pay attention <laughs> to what she's wearing. But uh, she's wearing a white sweater you know Mm. so it's a direct contrast they're wearing exact opposites yeah he's in black she's in white she's giving him very enlightening information yeah that's going to help him and i just thought that that was cool because again i've seen all of these episodes a couple times throughout the years and i never really dwelled on costuming and how costuming could be a reflection of the psychological state of the characters and i'm going to pay attention to that from now on because it's pretty cool yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, I didn't even I didn't pull that one out uh, for this episode. That's that is really good. Um, she uses she gives him the information uh, that he needs, and later on in their last session, he's pretty grateful for, her and he's just mm-hmm. kind of talking about whatever. But she um, is dwelling on the fact that of this casual violence in yeah. life. Yeah. And he's just sitting there almost, you know, he's definitely humoring her because he does feel like he knows this world. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly what she's going to say. Absolutely. Yeah. She saying she says specifically, I guess I'm out of touch with the climate of rage in American society, the the casual violence. And Tony's just got such a big grin. He's yeah. in such a cheery state. 
this whole scene uh because he's like yeah man like that's where i live right you know? yeah that's lucky for you like little princess yeah. uh but i'm here in in the gutter you know yeah. and i'm mixing it up so yeah welcome to my world but then she does something there's a lot of reveals yes in this episode the reveal of anthony jr finding out about his dad um there's the reveal here where melfi reveals part of her own personal life to tony for the first time mm -hmm. which you know as a therapist she even says like how unprofessional and like i shouldn't be talking mm -hmm. about this but she's shaken up a little bit by it mm -hmm. um and tony realizes then that she's talking about mccasian mm -hmm. and he realizes that fucking moron went overboard yeah um in his tailing of her and 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 tracking her yeah tony said just track her he didn't ask for vin to rough up anyone he right. didn't want melfi touched or disturbed in any way whatsoever and so tony is actually genuinely disappointed in this scene because he's, he's genuinely angry because she's clearly right. disturbed right right yeah. right and he does care about her in his way you know yeah. he really does and so he's very bothered by mccasian and then of course we immediately get a great comedic beat where he goes sorry kind of quietly and she goes it wasn't your fault yeah well yeah it literally yeah, it was, was all his fault. his fault yeah so that's funny yeah but we th this is now we're now we're like okay if we didn't realize before mm -hmm. why tony was staying with melfi now we mm -hmm. have a little better sense she's hot mm -hmm. but also she's giving him some tools he can use for both families strategy and oh, yeah. yeah and that's uh that's great. Oh, cause... well, you want to talk about... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Please. Yeah, I was just going to say, you want to talk about reveals, another little note in this episode, which I had forgotten until I rewatched it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's revealed in this episode that Melfi is seeing a therapist of her own. Yes. Yeah, I was going to... I did have that written down as well. Yeah. That is another reveal. Right, yeah. right. And uh, yeah, and later on we get to see him, uh, mm -hmm. see, see that. But that pisses Tony off. That makes mm -hmm. him uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. to know that his therapist has a therapist yeah it's just it's just very weird for him yeah so about that scene one thing i really like about it is to me we're looking at tony in full-on sociopath mode mm. because he is as i mentioned before very happy throughout this scene like he's in a really positive place well he's on xanax now he's he taking a little dose of yeah. xanax with his prozac so yeah yes that could be part of it yeah it could be definitely like you know a little chemical assist there sure but also i just thought it was interesting and kind of dark the way that he's behaving through this scene because you know he was really about to quit therapy he had a million reasons why he should quit it it was nothing but a source really of stress for him in so many ways mm -hmm. plus carmella is now on his ass mm -hmm. and he expresses to carmella earlier in the episode i think i want to quit and she says no for the benefit of our marriage you're staying in of course she doesn't realize that the therapist is a woman and not a man which is a pretty significant distinction in terms of uh this couple oh yeah uh you know how it relates to them obviously with tony's infidelities but it's all just pressing on him and pressing on him and i felt like the decisive turning point was when melfi gave him the advice of oh well with these old timers that are causing you so much stress you have to sort of let them believe right that yeah. they're in control sometimes and that's sort of you know the light bulb above gandolfini's head mm -hmm. and uh you know he goes in he makes peace with junior right. and well, 
jumping around a little bit. No, but, no, no. Uh, Jackie April does die in this episode. Yeah, officially. so we should we should yeah. we should get on to to that point mm-hmm. there. So yeah. starting at the beginning, yeah, is really Christopher coming out of the hospital mm-hmm. after being uh, roughed up mm-hmm. by those Russians in the previous episode. Yeah. Uh, and he still believes that Tony is the one who's actually out for him. That it might have right. been Tony um, because of the meth he gave uh, his daughter Meadow. Yeah. So they pick up Meadow. Right. And he interrogates her. Yeah. Kind of scares her a bit. Yeah. Um, but tells him, no, my dad's actually mm-hmm. been worried about you. Yeah. And this is funny moment where he's like, remember like when you were little, I'll buy you one of those happy meals. All right. Where the fuck are you? Yeah. It's I so feel good. like uh, we got some really great Adriana beats in this episode too. How, did. Uh, I mean, it's so funny because Christopher's storyline up until this point has been very intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get sort of an in- interesting, a surprising reversal of that. You know, in the first episode, he commits his first murder. He's coked out. Mm-hmm. He's aggressive. Second episode, things get deeper and his life is on the line and Junior wants to kill him, but... Uh, ultimately does not. And I don't know if you really like thought about this, but the climax is the mock execution that concludes episode three. Mm-hmm. And then when we pick back up with Christopher again, all the beats are like kind of funny. You know, he's sort of a clown, yeah. like with his neck brace <laughs> yes. and his, his kind of paranoid hysteria. Yeah, his, It's his... all sort of silly. Yeah, his aggressive macho attitude, right. his quoting Scarface. And... He grabs Adriana when she's sort of making fun of him for his paranoia. Yeah. And, uh, you know, classic moment from Adriana. He grabs her. She goes, ow! <laughs> like, she takes ow and stretches it into, like, a five-syllable word. Yeah. yeah. Great. No, it is great. Um, yeah, and they, and they discover that Brendan has been shot. Mm-hmm. She discovers really. Right. She she finds it, and that's really what is the catalyst for, yeah. What precipitates between Junior and Tony? Yeah, it it pushes things along because Junior made the decision to kill a member basically of Tony's crew. This guy mm-hmm. Brandon worked for him, earned for him. Now he's dead mm-hmm. at the hands of Junior, so it's kind of a big deal, mm-hmm. and. That scene in the hospital where Christopher finally shows up yeah. and he says, like, Brendan's dead. This is what we got to do. We got I'm yeah. going to go do it myself. Yeah. I'm going to go take out Mikey Palmisi. Right. And, uh, and we get this little thing between Polly and Big Pussy, who don't mm-hmm. have a big moment in this episode, no. but they're debating a Godfather scene. Mo Green special. Fucking Uncle Junior. What are you talking about, Mo Green? In one, Mo Green's eyes got too big for his stomach, so they put a small caliber in his eye. Fucking Mikey Palmisi does their hits. In his glasses, you mean? Glasses, eyes. Why are you quibbling with me? Yeah. I mean, they sat when they're talking, when they're analyzing the the killing of Mo Green and The Godfather. Mm-hmm. They, I was thinking, oh, they could have their own podcast. They sound like <laughs> me and Gavin right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they were doing a very good job. Yeah, yeah. So Tony goes to meet with Junior. Yeah. After finding this out, and right. finally gets to kick the ass of yeah. Mikey Palmisi yeah. and staple them together. Right. Yeah, creative use of a staple gun. Yeah. I I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. good. There's this good moment um, in that scene with Junior and Tony where 
Junior tells him, Next time you come in, you come heavy or not at all. And you can hear in his voice, it, it kind of trails off. It kind of cracks mm-hmm. at the end there mm-hmm. or gets caught up. And it's mm-hmm. just a wonderful suspense that yeah. um, Chianisia pulls off there. Right. He knows he's crossing a line that's never been crossed between Tony um, and himself. And right. then Tony's reaction is great. He goes, you don't mean that. He's a little hurt. He's like, wow. That's that's going a little far. You're telling me that like next time I see you, I need to be strapped like that. We're family. Yeah. You know, so that's a big moment. Yeah, it really is. Uh, And the balls, though, on Junior, Mm -hmm. after this one killing and being present for it, Mm -hmm. he's all of a sudden like (laughs) I'm big man on campus. Yeah. Don't have to go to Livia to tell you come heavy. And even Tony points it out. It's like you got a night. That's. There must be a nice pair of balls or whatever he says yeah. to him. Like, yeah, it really, Junior is really taking a big leap forward. Mm-hmm. And as far as like how he's kind of combat combating his own insecurity, mm-hmm. he's really kind of trying to take the reins. Yeah, and I like it. I like this yeah. Junior over the insecure right. Junior. Yeah, yeah, the wishy washy Junior. Yeah. Wishy washy Junior is is gone for now. <laughs> he gone. is. He he stepped up, and I love to. I just noticed this as. Nice little filmmaking moment as Tony is leaving uh, the restaurant after mm-hmm. this uh, this terrible meeting with Junior. Uh, it's a split second shot, but we do see that crowd yes. that has gathered around the fallen Mikey Palmisi. Yeah. We don't even see Mikey. We just right. see the crowd around him. And they're far in the background. And the yeah. shot is only like a second long. So you could be forgiven for not noticing it. But they still put in that detail. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's cool. There's a, there's a very large crowd who may have witnessed this, mm-hmm. but it definitely found a bloodied yeah. up stapled together mikey palmisi on the on the yeah. curb we talked earlier in previous episodes that later on we're going to get more of the structure of the mm-hmm. mafia at least this uh family and we get it a little bit more in this episode where we finally meet some of the other captains or right. capos of the organization so we have jackie as boss at top and tony and three other uh associates are the captains mm-hmm. and below them they have their pollies and their big mm-hmm. pussies who earn for them who have earners for them exactly and they're all behind tony right being the next boss and he really just honestly says like i don't know if i want the stress yeah like it just i don't want any like stress between me and junior i just mm-hmm. don't want that at all right but he utilizes this the suggestion from melfi of let the big grown-ups you know the elderly grown-ups believe that they are still in charge mm-hmm. yeah and that's exactly what he does when he comes back to the restaurant heavy right talks to junior yeah and james gandolfini does a great thing as an actor and he uses this probably for most of the roles that he plays but it, it's it's just it's a it's a tool he has in his acting mm-hmm. tool chest that he uses so well and that's his heavy breathing yeah, And you mentioned before, like in the dream sequence, he's heavy breathing, but yeah. that's kind of just Gandolfini's right. way of, and he does a good job of letting that microphone pick up yeah. the heavy breathing through his nose, yeah. but he uses it in the sequence right before he tells Junior, like, I want it to be you. Sopranos have been waiting a long time to take the reins. That's why I want it to be you, Uncle Joe. Because you know it's difficult yeah. for him to say this, yeah. but he knows that this might be the best strategy. Mm-hmm. And and James Gunn, it just 
it's a beautiful mm-hmm. little like acting choice. He does yeah. that. He does some other little things too, of like yeah. like wiping his uh, bald forehead with his yeah. the palm of his hand. Um, he's yeah. uh, he's just very good at those tiny subtle things. He knows yeah. that the camera and the microphone is going to pick it up, right? And it because you don't hear it from any other no. actors, at least in this show, you don't hear that. Mm-hmm. And he utilizes it so well. Yeah. I love I love that. If anything from this episode, mm-hmm. I just love that this is a good example of James Gandolfini using one of his techniques of this audible breathing that can be picked up and it reinforces his strength, masculinity, his right at the border of just exploding at mm-hmm. a moment's notice. He's inhabiting the character to the fullest, you know, and yeah. that's, that's such a distinguishing aspect of his performance and the performance of so many actors in this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is really great. And I look at this scene when Tony does ultimately cede control of the organization to Junior Yeah, as kind of a funny sort of dark scene in a way, because Tony is sort of playing Junior here. And Junior is so happy and he's so proud throughout this scene and he's so relieved and and you feel a great outpouring of love for Tony because Junior did not want to go to war with his nephew at all. Tony doesn't right. obviously want to go to war with Junior, but you know, neither one of them was really gonna back down. Junior's attitude was, I don't wanna hurt you, but I may have to, and I'm like sad about that, yeah. you know, but so now he's very relieved that he and Tony can just be friends with him. Cause Tony mm-hmm. humbled himself and said, I want you to be the boss. Right. With a caveat. Yeah. With a caveat, which is basically like, uh, I want money that was previously directed your way, my way via union and Bloomfield, uh, whatever that means. But the, right. our takeaway is Tony's going to get, you know, a significant financial benefit, uh, from junior it's just funny because yeah tony is playing a couple games here mm-hmm. and yeah he is letting junior be the leader but you know as He's we will make, see tony yeah. intends to still fully be the leader yeah everybody is on board with it everybody yeah. sees how it's a smart move to put mm-hmm. junior as as they call it the lightning rod at mm-hmm. the top to mm-hmm. take all the hits mm-hmm. while they make all the money Mm -hmm. and that going back to the final scene with melfi i think really comes into play because tony is so happy as you said maybe it's the xanax but also he's just happy because melfi has helped him win you know he was in a he was in a box as he said Mm -hmm. and he didn't know what to do and melfi gave him advice that basically checked off every single box of victory so it's like okay now junior's gonna like crawl out from like being you know so far up my ass because he is you know the leader now he gets Mm -hmm. what he wanted uh he also is the visible leader so he gets to take that heat from the feds that stress is not on my shoulders um what else well i mean those are kind of the main things also as we mentioned uh tony now has this like major financial benefit so he's gonna get richer yeah uh but it also just puts livia and junior Mm -hmm. kind of at ease feeling that they're in charge again yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I guess I just sort of interpreted the scene as Mel- with Melfi as Tony isn't genuinely happy about therapy, but he's genuinely happy about how therapy can help him manipulate. Absolutely. And there's something kind of dark about that, and it's cool. 
Yeah. I mean, I guess we get to that final scene. It's in the graveyard, another Godfather reference where as Tony is talking uh, to his to his capos and his crew about how things are going to be from now on, they're looking at Junior and Livia sitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of mirrors a scene that was in the original Godfather. There's a funeral where a conversation is happening between uh, Michael and, and Tessio as they're watching... Uh, one of the other mob bosses. So that was just kind of a cool, uh, mm-hmm. you know, film quote moment. Oh, he does say, yeah. uh, you know, look how content they are. Right. Those people went through World War II. Yeah. You know, as a, just a sign of respect, you know, in, yeah. in Tony's way of being like, look, these people suffered. They've had their right. their trials. Yeah. Let them be happy. And he's getting what he wants on another level. He doesn't mm-hmm. want Livia and Junior to be a source of stress for him him he doesn't want to look at them with hate he just wants them to be okay he wants them all to be one big happy family in a sense like all sort of on the same team and at this moment he feels that he has that you Mm -hmm. know so he's able to finally look at junior and livia with just a sense of love and respect Mm -hmm. and uh, a sense of inner peace i guess if i may because you are more um knowledgeable about the godfather than i but there is that scene uh, in that in the graveyard of the Sopranos mm-hmm. of and we mentioned it before, but Anthony Jr. kind of looking at right. his dad and you got yeah. these associates coming up and shaking his hand and, oh, yeah. and bowing to him. There you and go. that's kind of just as uh, at the end of The Godfather where Michael is now meeting with some yeah. associates and the door closes on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Diane Keaton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Very similar. We don't get a door closed right. on AJ, but it's just that moment of uh, and. Robert Eiler. I don't think we've said his name yet uh, in this episode, but you know that's AJ. Oh, yes. And he uh, is just looking at Tony again. It's am- ambiguous. You know what is he feeling? It's not like oh, my life is destroyed because I found out that my dad is a big mob boss, and it's not. I'm happy that my dad's a mob boss. Now I can get away with stuff. It's just oh, things are more complicated now. Yeah. You know, we see him He's at the seen, graveyard. Seen his dad in a new light. And he's done a lot of growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, that does it for this episode of The Sopranos Show. We just covered episode four, Meadowlands. Uh, Join us next week for episode five. And if you like the show um, and you want to support it, best way to do that is tell people you know and subscribe on iTunes and like us on Facebook and Twitter and leave a review. If you could, um, we'd love to hear from you too. So obviously you can go to our website and leave a comment on any episode and join in on the conversation there. But until next week, I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. As we wrap up every episode uh, with a favorite line from the episode, Hannibal, what was yours? Oh, that's easy for me. Uh, That's Chris in the Bing when he's encouraging Tony that it's wartime you know that's time to to throw down (laughs) against junior and it's just really funny especially with his little neck brace and everything and he's like this ain't negotiation time this is scarface final scene fucking bazookas under each arm say hello to my little friend always with the scenarios i like that too yeah no it was good um mine had to be livia when she's complaining about New York City and not wanting to go to the show because of the city. And that city. Grown men soiling themselves. Not like that anymore, Ma. That Giuliani. 
Maybe we should just stick to the field trip. Mothers throwing their babies out of skyscraper windows. You're always with the babies out the windows. Yeah, it's her just... little, her litany. <laughs> yeah, and Tony just not. Yeah. It's like, I've heard this before. I don't want to hear about this again. Olivia.